Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections in the Heart. I'm joined today by Rob Longo, Tom Furtle. Welcome, one and all. Good to be here. Awesome, awesome. Everybody take the moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 57 through 66 and 80. So if everybody takes a moment, opens their Bibles, Rob, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit in our hearts to see what the Lord wants to speak to us today. Do you mind helping us with that? I would love to. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. 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 Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. We adore you. Thank you for, for choosing us. Uh, we, you, that we delight you, Lord, is uh, is is just is so humbling. So thank you for, for choosing us and for loving us. Thank you for loving us so much that you uh, that you gave us your word. Uh, you gave us your Son, the Word made flesh. You gave us the Word and Scripture. So thank you, Lord. And as we open up the Gospel that we'll hear this coming Sunday, we ask you please to open up our hearts. And just penetrate deep inside of our hearts, penetrate your truth and your love uh, in areas uh, within our hearts that we may not have been open to before, and then give us the courage to live your word as husbands, as fathers, as brothers, sisters, sons, daughters, friends, in every single role that we play in life. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Tom, you want to give us a little gospel love today? Absolutely. Again, our reading today is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 57 to 66 and verse 80. When the time arrived for Elizabeth to have her child, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy toward her, and they rejoiced with her. When they came on the eighth day to circumcise the child, they were going to call him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said in reply, No, he will be called John. But they answered her, There is no one among your relatives who has this name. So they made signs, asking his father what he wished him to be called. He asked for a tablet and wrote, John is his name. All were amazed. Immediately his mouth was opened, his tongue freed, and he spoke blessing God. Then fear came upon all their neighbors, and all these matters were discussed throughout the hill country of Judea. All who heard these things took them to heart, saying, What then will this child be? For surely the hand of the Lord was with him. The child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the desert until the day of his manifestation to Israel. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. I found that interesting in the last line that you read. The child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the desert until the day of his manifestation to Israel. You know, we're all kind of on that desert journey until the day happens when we say our yes to the Lord and our eyes are opened, and we become that manifestation 
manifestation of Jesus in us, that people can actually see, feel, taste Jesus living in us, with us, and through us. So that's fascinating because I never really looked at it that way, that until we have that conversion moment, until we have that yes moment, we give our all in, we are, we're in the desert, we're, we're, we're wanderers, we're, we're blind, we're thirsty, we're hungry, but the world can't feed us can't give us the drink, can't give us the nutrients that we need spiritually to truly come alive. And when we do, then God, through his grace, manifests us to each and every person around us. And then they get to see, taste, and feel Jesus Christ living in us, with us, and through us. And we become instruments that God uses in the salvation of souls. So for me, John's story, it's each and every one of our story. You know, we're, we're, we're sojourners, the scripture tells us. But we're wandering in the desert till we have that moment. And then through the grace of God, he reveals his son and us, to each and every person that he brings into our lives. And then uh, I think the Lord is is then calling us to go from the desert, like you're talking about, David, to the desert with him. Like, you know, in my life, I was in the desert, just completely devoid of God in my life. And then that moment came where I said yes. And then what I did that, you know, probably wasn't the best, I just, I started, you know, telling everybody right away, you know, Maybe you should try this or do that. Like, you know, I, I went too quick, and I think the Lord, um, and, he, and He's taken me in, into the desert since then. But I think that that desert moment where, with Him in the desert, before, you know, going out and uh, and living this new life post uh, post conversion, is uh, is is what we all need. That we were we say yes, and then we spend that time with our Lord, in quiet. Let him build us up. Let him let him fill our hearts. Let him guide us. Let him let him you know mold us. Amen. Uh, and then when we're prepared, we we take that to the world. Absolutely, Rob. And that's so important to share that because again, before I had that moment, I was a dead man walking. I didn't care if I lived or died. I mean, people looked at me. They thought, you know, wow, look at him. He's you know he's got a beautiful wife and children and family. Everything he's made it, but you know they didn't see my heart. I was a dead man walking. But then when I, when the Lord did give me that new life, raising from the spiritual dead, give me that life in him, with him, and through him, yeah, there were mountaintop experiences where I had that quiet time with the Lord, get filled up, and then I went down into the valleys, you know, down into the world. But you know what? Every day of my life since then has been a great adventure. No matter the troubles, no matter where the Lord took me, it's been unbelievable over this past 14 years how the Lord has chosen to use me in little ways, in big ways, in amazing ways, in ways I haven't got a clue. I'm called to plant the seeds, scatter the seeds, water seeds of others, fertilize seeds of others, till the soil, never grow. That's God. And you know, for me, that's the great adventure, to be part with Christ in the salvation of souls. And, and both of what you said is, is seen here with the example of, of Zachariah, you know, when he, when he finally got it and was uh, <laughs> obedient um, and, and, and given his, you know, his ability to speak back, his first thing he did, he spoke blessing God. So he didn't go out to say, whoa, this is what, I mean, he, he paused and he gave honor back to God. He recognized uh, the gift that was given. Um, you know, we don't, we don't know exactly what he said, of course, but, it, but that's a very important point, um, you know, in the gospel, he spoke blessing God. So first and foremost, okay, God, thank you. I get it. I praise you. I'm obedient. Thank you for helping me out. Now I can go forward and do whatever you want me to do. Not I'm going to go um, with what I think has to be done or what I think has to be said. 
um, and then take God for the ride with me. Nope, I stop first, and he, and he pauses to acknowledge, um, you know, uh, for the experience that he had with God. And now I will go forward after I've given proper, uh, you know, proper due and uh, and have my, have my marching orders, so to speak. You know, what's interesting. I was in a gospel reflection group earlier this week, and a man shared his story. Like it was just, he was just like the Lord was burning in his heart to share the story, and his story really involved that when he was a young man, nineteen years earlier. Unbeknownst to him, a girl he was with got pregnant through him. She had an abortion. He didn't know. But for 19 years, he's carried that guilt. He's carried that shame. He's beat himself up. And he shared this story. And when he was done, the Lord inspired me. And I said the question to him, may I help you? He said, absolutely. I said, God the Father, when you went to him, and you begged for his forgiveness, and you had contrition in your heart, he forgave you. You need to forgive yourself because that in and of itself is a mortal sin. That causes spiritual death. This poor man for 19 years, he has beat himself up every day for making that mistake, for for, for allowing that to happen. And I said, your daughter is alive in heaven. I said, you will meet her someday. I said, God, the Father, through his infinite mercy, has forgiven you because of the contrition of your heart. I said, you need to forgive yourself because Scripture commands us you know, and tells us, Jesus does, he taught us how to pray. Forgive us our sins, our trespasses, as we forgive others. Your failure to forgive yourself is a grave mortal sin. I said, so please forgive yourself. Know that you will meet your daughter someday. Because he, for whatever reason, he said the word daughter. I said, you will meet her someday. And so it was a really precious moment. And afterwards, I had never met the man before. He thanked me, shook my hand. And there was just this total peace that could come over this man's face. Because this is how God wants to use us in through his son, Jesus Christ, to set captives free, to help them see truth so that they can have that abundant life. God wants to use all of us. So look for those opportunities to be a blessing to others and allow others to bless you. And David, I was there during that exchange and you, and you shared something that was really, really cool. You said there's a difference between an ache, you know, which is, which is healthy. Yes. And resentment and self-condemnation. Yep. Can, can you share a little bit about Sure. What, what I said is, To have that ache in that heart, that's okay. That's good. That's healthy. But to let it go and let the enemy take it from an ache to self-condemnation to to punishment to whipping to beating yourself up to all those things, that's not God the Father. That's not his heart. So you got to be careful. The ache, you know what? That's healthy. But to go beyond that, (laughs) the enemy's getting you. I I said, disconnect and free yourself. And that's good because you know, there's a fine line, you know, and the evil one wants to throw out that bait when we're in the ache to uh, um, to to take that bait of starting to beat yourself up. So we have to we have to be aware. And I was just thinking, Tom, when you said obedient, um, so Zechariah was obedient, and once he you know was he, when he was obedient in naming John, and you know he was able to speak, but. The obedience of Elizabeth and Zechariah. So imagine the ache in their heart, being without a child, and then this child was was consecrated to the Lord. This child was completely set aside and set apart. That they had to release their son. They had to totally surrender their son in obedience to God. They had to surrender their son to to go out into the desert for His ministry. And uh, 
you know, as parents, uh, for those of us who are parents listening, um, are we willing to surrender our kids? Are we are we willing to pray for, you know, Lord, you know, if if you want one of my sons to be a priest, your will be done. If you want one of my daughters to be, you know, a religious or consecrated, um, your will be done. You know, so um, let's pray for each other as parents that that we, uh, you know, that we could be open and completely surrendered. These are God's kids that he's entrusted to us. And if he's calling one of them to a life of, uh, of service in the priesthood or the religious life, that we'd be, we'd be open. You know, there's a powerful thing that takes place here. You know, they want to know what the name of the child should be. And, and it says both of them were going to name the child Zachariah, which was tradition, Jewish tradition. You name the child after the, the, the some relative in the family or especially the father figure so that that lineage is carried on. But all of a sudden, Elizabeth says, no, he will be called John. Well, everybody around, all the crowd says, whoa, 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 let's check with the, with the head of the household here. Let's check with Zachariah, you know, because there's no relatives among yours that have that name. And so Zechariah has to make a choice. Is it about me, myself, and I, my name, my lineage, or am I going to be surrendered to the will of the Lord and the promptings of the Holy Spirit? And so John writes out on the tablet, his name is John. That act of humility is what did what? Set his tongue free, allowed him to do what with his tongue? Complain about what God did to him Mm. over the past eight months or whatever it was? No, no. To sing God's praises and pressing God's glory. I'm telling you, each and every one of our listeners, when you complain about a government leader, about a teacher, about another coworker, when you complain, you are in the enemy's court. You are his pawn. Stop, drop, and pray. When those broken humanity instincts come up to complain about somebody, Ask the Lord for a tool to bite your tongue, to hold on to that, and turn that thought of your mind into a prayer. Because when you do that, the power of that prayer, you have no idea the harvest and the abundance that will happen from you stopping that initial instinct to react, and you truly pray from your heart for those people. Government officials, government leaders, presidents, vice presidents, whomever, you stop. Drop and pray, because when you complain, I promise you, you are in the enemy's camp. He is using you. And when somebody's blessed, when somebody is uh, apparently, you know, been given given that gift, you know, what's our response? And again, it, it struck me here in, in the in the first lines. Of course, everybody knew that they were, you know, Elizabeth and Zachariah were, you know, were pining for a child, and so you know, the Lord gave His great mercy toward her. They rejoiced with her. They rejoiced with her. Not, you know, oh, well, why did she get that? Or why did she get a blessing? Or why does she, you know, they, they rejoiced. And I think spiritually that's that's to be our response. When we encounter people, if things are going or appear to be going in the right direction, because as you said, David, sometimes they look like they're going in the right direction, but they're, they're really not underneath. Mm. But when when there is a blessing, when there is someone that's doing something well, and I think that's a personal struggle for me to look at what someone else has or what else they're doing. And a lot of times we get caught up in that just in terms of, you know, oh, they got a nicer house or they got a nicer car, they got a... But whatever it is, when there's someone's been blessed in any way, shape, or form, financially, with children, with a, with a job, with an accreditation or accommodation, whatever it is, do we rejoice with them? Because again, if the heart turns sour, mm-hmm. the spite, the envy, 
those are those those are so, so malicious and so so sublime. You know, it right. goes back to again, I go back to always back to C.S. Lewis and when we sit in church, you know, and are, are they passing judgment on people as they walk in? Look at what they're wearing. Why is that person the lector? Those little things that can totally defeat the entire experience. We're supposed to be there to celebrate, to receive the Lord in the Eucharist, and that can be all undone because our heart is not there. We're caught up in the worldly in in the worldly uh, uh, the spite of the uh, spite of the world. So to rejoice in the blessings of others and truly, truly feel glad for them and happy for them and celebrate with them and for them. You know, it's interesting. This is really powerful. I just was reading this as you were sharing, Tom. It just it just hit me. Do you realize that all eyes are on you, your actions, all ears are hearing your words, and our choices, what we speak, and our actions, what we speak, those matters are, look at this, these matters were discussed throughout the hill country of Judea. Your matters, what you do, are chosen, are spoken throughout your hometown, throughout your church, throughout your community. Do you realize that? And those choices either help the body of Christ or hurt the body of Christ. You know, so when you realize that all eyes are on you, it brings back a, a story with the children last night went out to dinner, you know, and you know, it's amazing the power of prayer and the power of our actions. So we gathered around the, the table, we went to uh, Hulahan's, took the girls out of my son, and, you know, we said our prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son, always spirit our men. And we bowed our heads and we said our prayer, irregardless of what was going on around us. At the end of the meal, I was wearing my stewardship shirt. Well, I can't imagine this man at the other table actually saw it, but he did. He came over, he shook my hand, he said, I love it, stewardship. He said, it's the way my family lives. And I said, well, thank you, that's awesome. And he left, and he and his family, he had like six daughters and his wife, and they all left. When it was time to pay the bill, the waitress said, oh, by the way, the man at that table, he left this $100 bill to help pay your bill. I said, you know what, isn't that beautiful? I said, you know what, let me tell you what we do as a family. When someone blesses us like that, we take that $100 and we put it in a kitty for the kids. And the kids then get to give that money away. So my son, Zach here, he bought groceries for, for a, an elderly woman at a grocery store that he saw. I said, so we take that blessing and we play it forward. Look at those seeds that were just planted. Seeds were planted when people saw us pray. Seeds were planted when that man gave the 100. Seeds that were planted in the heart of that waitress. That's our life's journey, our great adventure every day to be those seed planters, those waterers of seeds of others, those tillers of the soil, those fertilizers. That's it. And that causes conversion of the hearts as God grows their the faith seed in their heart, and then they become instruments in salvations of souls. My uh, so related story yesterday, um, David, just uh, my daughter, my second daughter, who's uh, 18 and, of course, heading off to college next fall, uh, has a pre-college uh, physical appointment, you know, checkup. And the uh, the practice is, uh, I mean, it's not a, uh, you know, a, a Christian practice by name, but at least in, in the, they, 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 they have the elements of Christianity, a faith-based kind of uh, organization. And uh, after her physical, first time meeting this, this young lady who was the uh, physician's assistant, she said, you know, can I pray for you? 
And it was just an incredible thing to be in a doctor's office, you know, where you're taking care of the uh, the things of the world and making sure your vaccinations are up to date. Uh, and this lady who had just met my daughter and her prayer for her future, heading off to college, that, you know, God, that she would stay close to God and his will in her life. And, and, and it was just unbelievable. Um, and, and again, like I sit there and go, I don't need to be evangelized, you know, it's just, but it was, but, but you sit there and go, but what, what did she add to our life? What did mm-hmm. she add to my daughter's life? The, the witness of, of this young doctor, you know, praying for her after she said to her, you know, you can come talk to me, you know, I'm here to help you, you know, in your adult life. You know, it was just a phenomenal witness. And there's a simple thing that that doctor embraced her calling to evangelize, to be a witness. So I can take care of your body. I can take care of your temporal needs. And you know what? I'm going to take care of your spiritual as well. And it's just a beautiful, uh, a beautiful witness and a beautiful example. And uh, suffice to say, we'll be back there again. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that story, Tom. this past week, we were at Mass, and the priest focused on uh, the universal call, really, for all of us to be spiritual fathers, and spirit, so spiritual fatherhood, spiritual motherhood. So this, this woman that you're talking about, she took that, sure. she took that seriously. So yeah. she, in that moment, she was a spiritual mother to your daughter. And as parents, don't we want our kids to encounter as many spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers as they can on their journey? We should. Yeah. Right. right. right? Um, and the, the, the priest's question was, what will our legacy be? What will our legacy be? And Dave, you used the word lineage. Like, like they weren't worried about their lineage. And so that's the question. Are we more concerned about lineage or legacy? And Zechariah and Elizabeth were concerned about legacy, right? They were all in for the Lord. They surrendered their son to to God. And some of the questions that the priest asked were were really good questions for reflection. You know, are we are we as excited to teach our kids the way of the Lord as we are the way of the world? Hmm. You know, how to balance your checkbook, how to how to, you know, succeed in business, how, like all the ways of the world that we get excited about, how to be, you know, better shortstop, whatever, you know, whether it's academics or athletics or the arts. We spend a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of interest in that. Are we as excited about teaching our kids the way of the Lord and just walking alongside of them, not lording it over them, but just walking alongside of them and just, and, and just journeying in life and bringing God into the center of all of that? Because they're all gifts, right? Academics, athletics, and, 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 and the arts, they're all gifts from God. But when we forget the giver, then that's when we get in trouble. So what's our legacy going to be? And, and the priest talked about you know, being intentional with prayer, fasting, and giving. They just enter into prayer with your kids. It's not just, okay, did you go to church? Okay, good, you're done. Right? Just like, what, what does a prayer life look like? What does a true relationship with our Lord look like? And then fasting, are we willing to sacrifice? Do we have any kind of, do we have self-control in our life? And then finally giving, are we, are we people that look out for the needs of others before uh, the wants that we have? And this- it, was, it was a beautiful it was a it was a, a daily mass. So for anybody out there that's ever experienced a daily mass, please try to try to get to uh, a daily mass once a week. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful, quiet time. Uh, great way to start your day. Well, this is awesome because you you just rekindled something to me, Rob. The children we gather around the kitchen table to eat, dining room table, whether we're at a restaurant or we're at home. They love to hear God stories. So I had a couple of really good ones this past week, and one of them was about a month and a half ago. I met a man in a wheelchair, and I took the time to listen to his heart. You see, he's probably in his 60s, but he shared his heart as an eight-year-old little boy. And the tears came, and his dreams were shared. It was precious. I have no idea what I said, but somewhere through half the talk, he said, I heard 
God speak to me and everything's going to be okay. Mm. And of course, me being the knucklehead I am, I said, well, what'd he say? <laughs> <laughs> and the man uh, couldn't answer me. That's great. So I get to see the man a month and a half later, this past Sunday, and I see his face just change and the tears well up again. And he asked the people all to leave. He said, I need to clear something up with you. I said, what's that? He said, you remember when you asked me the question, what did God say? I said, oh, yes, I did. He said, I want to tell you what happened. You said something, and what you said caused an electric current from the tips of my toes to come up through my legs, my entire body, till it reached my head. Mm. He said, and I was overcome with the most incredible heavenly peace Mm. that I've ever experienced in my life. And I knew at that very moment that everything was going to be okay and everything was going to work out. You see, we don't know how God chooses to use us in our words if we take the time to listen and we ask the Holy Spirit to speak what he wants to speak through us. Because I have no clue what I said to the man, but it impacted him. That It gave this man, who's you know in the, in the final chapter of his life, gave this man hope, peace, a joy he can't explain, an experience that in almost 70 years of his life, he's never experienced. So I'm going to share this with my children at the lunch table. And then the second God story that really hit me was a friend of mine, because we're, we're trying to teach, we're, we have a lot of different businesses that we're involved in. And one of, his, one of them is the Starbarn Complex. And uh, the caterer we have happened to go into the bottom of the Starbarn, and there were these four men looking around. And they had all sheepish looks on their face, and they said, ah, we shouldn't be here, should we? And she said, well, no, it's not open. It's not open to the public. It's still a construction go zone. Now, here's what she did. But how can I help you? She came to find out they were in uh, the Ironstone Ranch doing a, a corporate event, and they were architects. And so she extended an olive branch rather than saying, okay, you got to go. You're not supposed to be here, you know, and lured over them. She extended an olive branch. She showed them all through because they loved the architecture. Well, at the end of showing them through, guess what? They booked a Christmas party for their whole company, and and they booked a 30th reunion next year. They booked two events in the Star Barn because she used an olive branch rather than a baseball bat. You see, we have choices to make every day. And when we truly make the choice to extend the olive branch and not the baseball bat, you will be amazed how God will bless you in ways you have no idea. No doubt about it. And I, and again, you know, what do you, what do you keep in your arsenal? I look at it that way. What do you put in your arsenal? You know, some, the old adage of, you know, if you, if you look at everything, um, um, if if you carry a hammer, you look at everything as 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 being a nail, you know. And where do you arm yourself with each, with each day? Is it the baseball bat or is it the olive branch? You know, the old what's the old Native American thing about the the wolf? You know, you have a hungry wolf and the and the and the peaceful uh, the peaceful side, the hungry side and the peaceful side. What side do you feed? And I think that's the daily journey as you say all the time, David, about uh, you know, picking up your cross every day. What am I going out in the world with today? Am I going out with resentment and anger? And bitterness, am I going out with God's love, sowing seeds to build the kingdom of God in the here and now? And you know, we're called to be Christ in the world. Christ wants to live in us, with us, and through us every day, at every moment. Call on the Holy Spirit. 
Start your day out with God. Ask the Father to join you. Make this world a better place. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.